Or you can do all those things and so much more Just grab a seat in the chair with the floor Sit back, relax, recline While she drops another casual line You're tuned in to Casually Molly With Molly and Boogie all right, everybody, welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergy. Remember that you can always casually subscribe. Oh, look, it's that tool over here at the Casually Molly podcast. You can go on YouTube, audio, you name it, Instagram, Facebook, just click like something. Make me feel special. But uh, enough about that right now. What's making me feel really special is that my good friend from New York, which he's really from here, but he's uh, back from NYC. Give it up for Nathan Orton, comedian extraordinaire. Thank you. <laughs> Just comedian. Just comedian. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. I'm happy to see you. Thanks for joining me in this professional setting. So. Yeah, <laughs> of course. We look like we're about to debut an album. We are. We are. What do you think our album name should be? Um, not matching jackets. Ooh, I kind of like that actually. And my yeah. hair is like a mess right now. I told you earlier, giving me some Gary Goldman vibes, which is a compliment. So Thank I you. like that. <laughs> just the hair. I, I don't have the writing, just the hair, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, you're definitely a good writer. Uh, but Nathan, I just was really excited that I got to see you over at Helium this yeah. weekend, which is very cool. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I featured at Helium in St. Louis, which was really cool. Um, to have a club to come back to and that let me work at it um and then i was uh i was with your boyfriend jimmy day yes uh, every show got better and better adam ferrara is a class act super funny very nice um he seemed like uh just annoyed with the whole covid thing as we all are but throughout the weekend he seemed to be happy I yes think we all had a good energy going so that was cool yeah, absolutely. What's, yeah. yeah, I was about not to interrupt you. I was about to say, what is it like being Never back in St. Louis again. now? Never do it again. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, what has it been like being back in St. Louis and performing here? It's amazing Good. to be inside of a comedy club instead of like on a sidewalk outside in the cold. It's just so much easier to perform and people are like, it's easier for them to enjoy it. Um, they also paid to be there. They're not just walking by and stopping and judging. <laughs> so right. it's 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 so weird. It's like training in high altitude up there mm -hmm. right now with gotcha. ankle weights. Like it's <laughs> it's tough. Weights. Yeah. I love that reference. I haven't heard about ankle weights since probably my mom used to do jazzercise. So you're just bringing <laughs> yeah. that back. How are, did it work so, for her? I mean, I would hope so. Hey, mom. <laughs> What's up? But uh, yeah, I was, like I said, you did a great job. I loved, I agreed. I feel like the show's got, I got to go to the last show and yeah. what from Jimmy said, that was like one of the best ones you guys had, which was good. So yeah. I felt like the audience was really into it. Our other fellow friend, Andy Hamilton and I, we had a great time just kind of hanging out and watching. Um, but I was about to say too, like, what have you been doing? I mean, how long have you been back? Or I've did been you... back just long enough to do that week. And then oh. I'm staying three more weeks. Nice. So yeah, it's nice to drive. I rented a car oh. and it's so fun. You can get anywhere so quickly in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that. I drove like 90 on the way here, <laughs> just weaving in and out of people. It's so fun. Yeah. We I saw you die, spin but... into the parking lot and Chris yeah. was like, well, he is definitely here on time. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love driving. Really? Yeah. Just, I don't know. It's probably some form of mental illness, but I just like going really fast. 
No, I mean, Jimmy, I mean, you know, you're friends with my boyfriend. He's really into cars, especially yeah. fast cars and stuff. He's like, I want to take you kind of like on like a speedway track. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Like I'm more, I think my mom's a New Yorker. So I feel that's why I like subways and public transportation and things. Cause I don't have to be behind a mm -hmm. wheel. Um, and when I drove in Chicago once, it was a total shit show. So yeah. <laughs> it was not good. I was not good at driving in Chicago. So. You like the subway? So. I mean, I don't, well, I wouldn't say I like it, but I do like the idea of being able to hop onto one place to the other. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like read and don't have to, you don't have to control the thing. Yeah. And I'm an avid reader. So that's the other thing too. I'm like, nice. when I'm driving, I feel like I get road rage and you know me, I'm relatively a nice person. So I feel yeah. like that interrupts what I'm doing. So, yeah. but uh, I don't think you're nice at oh. all. <laughs> I think you're a vicious mean person oh thank you nathan really called me out so it's okay i did it for you guys <laughs> now you don't have to email her how rude she is all the time now you obviously. can just definitely at me at the casually molly podcast and you can just tell me how rude i am the whole time. am i allowed to drink water on camera oh you are totally allowed to get hydrated on camera i feel like that's oh, a good shit. message to send out so yeah <laughs> you guys can drink water too yeah, you're totally allowed. Um, there was a someone who was stabbing people on the A train. What? Oh yeah. my god. And they I guess they caught him. They called oh him no. the A train stabber. Oh no. Yeah, cuz but I would imagine he would switch trains after a while. <laughs> oh, it's kind of misleading like oh, we're safe on the other lines. But I they, there's pictures that were sent to me of a bloody piles like a bloody Oh, no. Just a body, yeah. Well, no wonder you were asking me the previous question. I was just like, oh, yeah, my mom grew up in New York, so it was just a, you know, a thing that we did. Yeah. But... Was she stab Did she stab people? Uh, no, not at all. Do you want to see the picture? Uh, I don't know if I want to see this bloody photo. Can I hold it up to that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Someone sent it to me, and it was one of those was blurry, and you have to tap it. Do you oh. sure you want to see it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, you can show me once we're done filming. Yeah. So you can casually, we'll do a different viewing. And then if you all want to follow Nathan, you can follow his, Nathan. <laughs> How did you come up with your handle, Nathan? I don't know. I want, I, Nathan Orton's taken somehow. And then, what? yeah. <laughs> and then it, for a while, it was Randy Orton's brother as a joke. Yeah. But then I think I was worried people were thinking that I was using that. Mm -hmm. So I, I've never tried to, like, get ahead with that. So yeah. I, I didn't want that to be uh, a misconception and fuck up my what I have going. Right. By not <laughs> using, by not, not trying as much as I can. Uh, so I just put Nathan Norton is dumb. It's nice and self-deprecating. <laughs> and all my stuff is dumb, like guitar, I, guitar song things. I don't know. I hate social media. Mm -hmm. I hate Instagram so much. We have to do it. Right. And then people, I like, I'll get inspired and do it for a while and put some videos and they might be okay or clips of stand up that aren't the best quality and then people are like they're seeing like this c minus version of you on instagram right because that's not what i'm that i do you know mm -hmm. stand up but now we have to do that side of it that's the other thing i i've talked about this on a couple of uh no you're fine i, I actually kind of relates to how i feel because i didn't have the instagram for the longest time specifically because mm -hmm. I didn't want it. Yeah. I didn't really have a Twitter either. I just didn't want to be connected to it. But then eventually when you are in an industry where you're doing comedy and entertainment and things like that, it is such a part of like getting booked, being seen, being relevant. Mm -hmm. uh, but what speaking of relevancy, I wanted to have Nathan on, obviously, because I like him. But the other thing is 
we were talking about helium and things like that. And I don't know if you, you probably don't remember this, but I remember this being a, a new comedian and something. You were hosting the Helium Comedy Club competition. Yeah, yeah. It was my first competition and I was, I have never done a comedy competition before and I was really nervous. Like everybody was chatting and they're like, hey Molly. And I probably looked super rude just trying to stay focused. And I remember you were like making jokes with people and I think you could tell that I was nervous because you were trying to take like attendance of who was there. Mm -hmm. You're like, what's your name? And I was like, Molly Ambergy. And you were just like, was it your first time? Like what brings you here? And I was just like, yeah, I'm like trying to pursue comedy and like kind of figure it out. And this is my first competition. He's like, uh, he meaning Nathan, cause he's sitting right here. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, well, they, them. You know, they, all these different terms, but it was, it was so sweet cause you were like, well, good luck. You know what? Don't even worry about it. Like, fuck these people. Just, just do your thing. And I was Sounds just like, like something I'd say. yeah, but yeah. it was honestly, I needed that. Cause there's so many people that sugarcoat things and they're just like, good luck. Mm -hmm. You're going to be great. You're going to do this. And I'm like, I'm only doing comedy my first year. I know this is not going to be a killer set. I'm already freaking out. And what I always appreciated about you was your honesty with that. Oh. And I went on stage and I had a great time. So I'm kind of. I'm kind of thankful to you for that. So thanks for being encouraging. Well, thanks. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to hear of people who um, are my friends and think I'm nice because my image of this scene is like the alt people who probably all quit comedy because they weren't funny, but they like came after me with like torches and pitchforks and tried to get me banned <laughs> from um, proverbial, but try to get me banned from. They literally had them. <laughs> I was just running. They. Uh, they hated me because I would like try stuff on at open mics that wasn't like nice, but it's a, so they were just like, he's a bad person. They tried to get me banned from the improv shop or something. Oh, well that That's, I wouldn't know about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As you can tell how much I pay attention to. So. Good, good. <laughs> but that's, it's good that people are nice and, or think that I'm, you know, helped them out or was nice to them because... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I that's always... always been my memory of you. Well, thanks. All the time. So, right. yeah, exactly. No, for real. Anytime anybody's like, yeah, like, do you know who Nathan Orton is? And then I know that, you know, you've been doing comedy for a while. Why did... Why comedy? Because I know you have, like, a wrestling background. Mm -hmm. So why did you choose this route instead? I've always been, like, a goofy person. And I think... Well, so, like, a little story, I guess, is... I went to go see the Funny Bone competition. My nose is real itchy. That's right. Actually, mine is too. It might so. be from this. It's just probably from these mics. Chris. No, yeah, listen. what are you doing? <laughs> you put pepper on here, you son of a bitch. Can, <laughs> Can we you cuss? hear us? Oh, yeah, that's fine. You bitch, <laughs> stupid <laughs> asshole. So, um, what was I saying? <laughs> you were talking about you got into Noses. comedy. Noses. My nose was real itchy one day, and I was like... I better start doing comedy. Yeah, right. That was the thing. We got a little itch of the nose, itch of the comedy. I so. went and saw the um, Funny Bone competition. Okay. It was 2012. Holy shit. With my best friend, Derek. Okay. And we thought we like smoked a blunt and went and watched the comedy competition. And I was like, oh, these guys are cool. I remember distinctly seeing Joe the Animal Lancey and JC Sabala. Yeah. They were in the finals. Mm -hmm. They were both up there. And it was, they were like, I was like, oh, this is so fun. And then I was like, I, can, I, I wonder if I could do this. And then I ended up getting hip surgery. Oh. And transition. Yeah, right. <laughs> While I was dating this girl who okay. was a stripper. Oh, wow. And she would drive me to the funny bone and we'd watch the open mics. And then I made up my goal 
once I could walk again to just do an open mic. And I like fell in love with it and just kept doing it. And since I, I guess maybe I got it from my dad and wrestling, like I wasn't like a good wrestler, but I just did. St- I, have, I have like a, I'm like, I have like a stubborn work ethic. Like okay. I just feel like I have to try and I just never have quit. So now I guess I'm pr- decent at stand-up comedy. Yeah, I think you are fantastic. I I feel like you, would you say that you have like darker comedy elements? Yeah. I feel like that's what I get from you. But I mean, personally, I don't know if I could do something like that, but I respect you for doing, you know, a different side of it because yeah. there are darker, I feel like it's hard to do that too as well. Like it's hard to do clean comedy, mm-hmm. but it is hard to get dark too because you have to be kind of vulnerable. Would you feel the same way about that? Or does it just come easy for you? <laughs> I'm... I think it comes easy to think of it and it's hard to get people to like it. Yeah. Cause they, they're just like, Whoa, why do you say that horrible thing? Mm-hmm. Um, especially being up in New York performing for comedians all the time Yeah, and just doing that and then coming here and there's like normal people Midwestern just wanting to have a good night and yeah. I'm, I'm doing jokes about like, I had to like cut lines out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I'm, I'm like donating to this African girl and there used to be lines in it that were just like too brutal and uh, I've gotten yelled at. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I've like, I've tried, I, I want to find a way to not like to make it like three times. It has to be like three times funnier than it is dark. Right. So you can get away with it or it's just tack tacky. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be fake to myself, but I want people to be able to enjoy it. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think what's kind of nice about you, too, is that I've seen you perform at the Funny Bone. I know you, didn't you win Best of STL, the, the Funny Bone, and at Helium? And yeah. Whatnot? Thanks yeah. for saying that for yeah. me. Oh, don't worry. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Just, you know, when yeah. you host an interview, you got to know all the credits. So Yeah, I won mm-hmm. at each club, which um, now that you said it, I'm not, it's not a brag. It's reiterating. That you yeah. were correct. Yes. And it, <laughs> yes. It, it doesn't get it doesn't get you like much except that I think the clubs trust you mm-hmm. to like I feel like I, I I hope to get a week at the Funny Bone this month while I'm back. Okay. So I'm just gonna hang out up there a lot. Okay. And I think like winning that in the past combined with other things, maybe he'll say, Oh, I could throw him up there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it's the perk of if you've won it, there's an objective proof that you at least can d- be funny in a yeah. set. Mm-hmm. So it helps you get work at those clubs, but that's mm-hmm. about it. But it's a good credit to have too. And like, I, I agree with the trust factor being like, oh, hey, here's who this want. And then people, I mean, I mean, honestly, marketing wise, it's also a great tool because you can introduce somebody, especially I've been hosting more and it's a great thing to be able to be like, he won this competition. And people are like, oh, he's a competition winner. What? Uh, you know, they suddenly yeah. get zoned in. So I, uh, it, I was about to say, like, how do you feel? We've had this discussion on a couple episodes, but how do you feel about the difference between performing just on a regular week versus performing in a competition? Do you find there's any difference? Do you yes. find you kind of perform the same way? What do you think? Good question. Mm-hmm. So on, yeah, this is a big one. So if I'm doing an open mic, I might either have stuff to work on or have a topic to riff about and see if I can come up with things in mm-hmm. front of people. If I have like a real showcase, I'm gonna do material I know that works, but I'm gonna be looser and talk to the crowd more. If I have a competition, I will like know every line in order to make it like a perfect set. 
Sure. Yeah, because it's a competition. Yeah. And yeah, that that those taught me how to structure sets because mm-hmm. you have you got to tighten it up, make it flow. If the end, you can call it back to something in the beginning. People, it's like magic to people. They're like, oh, you do. Oh, we remember. So it's yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. yeah. Writing shorter sets. I love that you have a structure to it, though, because I can tell in your comedy, obviously with open mics, like you said, you can kind of try something new. But I do see, especially every time I see you, I do see that structure that you're Mm -hmm. putting into it. And I think a lot of it for me personally is me being a comic. I can see it from your perspective in a sense, if you know what I mean, versus I'm sure an audience member is like, I'm having a great time. Like, who cares about structure? I'm having, you know, I'm enjoying myself. But uh, what I'll ask you is, like, speaking of structure, you know, how long have you been doing comedy? Eight years. So in this eight years, you, because I remember before you left, we had dinner with you. You were from here, and then you moved to New York City. What kind of prompted that move? Like, where you were like, this is my time to go to New York versus even Chicago or Los Angeles? Yeah. So... I had a, I've always had confidence issues, which mm-hmm. I mask by coming off as confident. But um, don't we all? Yeah, <laughs> so it's okay. I think I'm figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Self improvement, you know, mixed with putting myself in check and making corrections to you know bad behavioral traits. Sure. But like, I think there was a year. Okay, it was April. I, I hate how I keep trying to be all specific. It must have been April 2018. I did a feature week at the Funny Bone with uh, Jordan Rock. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen him perform. Yeah, he's I, great. Yeah, yeah, he's great. And I've seen him up in New York. Um, mm. He doesn't remember me, but it's fine. But uh, no, um, I was talking to Jordan Rock, and I was like, where do I go, L.A. or New York? Um, if I'm in- Well, actually, he said something along the lines of, bro, you got to move. You got you to gotta move. And I was like, hey, thanks, man. Oh, thank you. Where? You right. know, because L.A., it's like, I, I, I kept hearing New York because that's where you get better as a comedian. And I was like, that's like the boot camp, right? So I always wanted to take the long, hard road to earn it because I have a complex. So I went up there. And as you know, you've left it out graciously, but yeah, dinner with me and my ex, moved to New York with my ex. Um, but uh, yeah, she's, she's gone. But I yeah. noticed you purposely didn't mention, I got, we had dinner with you alone. <laughs> You were the third wheel, of course. Oh, I just always very polite, Nathan. That's how I am. So funny. (laughs) I I just was calling you out because I know that you were purposely avoiding it, and that's that's nice of you. I try, but I'm a I'm a douche. I try to be a good person. You are. (laughs) I try to be a good person. Thank you. You've always been nice. I appreciate it. But yeah, so you went. You decided to go to New York, right? Yeah. And then that was it. (laughs) <laughs> I, I decided to go, and then a year later, I got I met someone who just randomly thought they wanted to go to New York too, and now there was a way of making it possible. Yeah. 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 So we owe each other for that. We both got to move to New York, and now Ooh. we both get to not be around each other. It's kind of perfect. <laughs> uh, it works out perfectly. Do girl? Do all girlfriends go through phones? I haven't done that. Good for you. See. This whole polite, nice person thing checks out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the most egregious behavior because it, I can't trust you if you're going through my phone, you know? Right. Ah. So, well, no, yeah, luckily Jimmy and I have never had issues with phones. 
Sometimes, Jimmy's going through your phone right now. I was about to say, it was your like, laptop. I, this is a newer phone. And I, even though it's an iPhone, I, when I first bought it, I bought it right before the pandemic yeah. shut down. And yeah. I, I still didn't know how to really use it. I still am a little confused. You don't and even go Jim's through your own Android. phone. Yeah, I don't even know how to go through my own. So you try as hard as you can. I can't do it. But uh, so you moved up to New York. Now, yeah. when, what was kind of... I guess what I'm trying to ask is like you moved up there. What was kind of like the difference between being in St. Louis for being in New York from people who maybe don't really know, like, okay. you know, you've got Midwest comedy and then you move to a bigger city like that where you are kind of, you know, there's a lot of comedians that are moving up to New yeah. York and trying to make something of themselves. So in New York for the, co- for the comedians who watch this from St. Louis, I would say that what I've learned in New York is to, um, be, make it be as conversational as possible and tighten up the jokes so it's it's almost it's like a it's a balancing act because you have to look loose and comfortable but the jokes gotta be so it's and i'm not there that's just what i've noticed is how you get you excel yes Absolutely. Yeah. Has there been anybody that you've enjoyed working with? I know you saw, I think, or I saw when I looked at your website, you worked with John Witherspoon. Yeah. Yes. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was with him at the Helium. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then with David Tao, you worked with him too? Yeah, at Helium. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Helium is just your place to be, Nathan. <laughs> they, they have been good to me. Yes. Yeah. He, yes. Helium yes. has been really good to me. Awesome. Yeah. Well, now that, you know, I know that you've been performing in clubs here, what has been kind of the transition? You were in New York, you were working different rooms. When the pandemic hit, what was that transition for you kind of now? Were you doing more like outdoor shows? Were you doing more Zoom shows? Are you mm-hmm. doing a little bit of both? Where where do you stand on all of this? Yeah, I hate Zoom shows, but I've done some. Mm-hmm. I would never do a Zoom open mic. Okay. It's like I know these people are all on Facebook until they're set. Yeah. What a waste. Just people trying to feel like they have friends for two hours. <laughs> but um, during the quarantine, it was just me isolated with my soon-to-be ex um, getting in fights. But uh, I, was, I, I was smoking a lot of weed, and I was waking up, and I was drinking a lot of coffee, and then I would write jokes because I was furloughed for my job. So I was just writing, mm-hmm. going on walks, doing push-ups, going insane, F- like becoming having an anger problem, like just punching my fridge. Ooh. I was like going nuts. And um, then in June, the, the, like, the quarantine lifted. Oh, okay. But, but there, like it was still, cl- New York was closed, but you could go out into the city. Mm-hmm. And that's when these two guys threw together this outdoor mic at Washington Square Park. Oh, wow. And I just started going every day. It was like what I was living for, just going and, screaming into a microphone and then like homeless people will come up and interrupt your set and be like can i sing and like (laughs) it's yeah like can i sing for you and then they sing and you're then they're like can i have a dollar it's like you should ask for the dollar first why would you i'm just laughing it happens i know i know because there would be human feces You would, you would, every day there's benches where we sat and you have to find the bench that doesn't have like possibly urine in it. Like it's, it's crazy. And this was in the heat and you're sweating and it's like, man, I would do acid and then get up on stage and have a panic attack and then record it and listen to it and be like, oh, I had a joke in there. And then just (laughs) really experimenting in New York. Not sexually though. 
Oh, yeah. Just of the jokes and, yeah. the, and the benches and the same. I, I laugh because when I was in Cincinnati, I was doing an outdoor show for theater once. And this guy, was I, he was homeless too. And he's like, I'm going to sing. And he did Uptown, Funk You Up, nice. or with Bruno Mars. And he had a whole dance to it. Yeah. And then he kept like putting out his hat. He's like, and here's for this for a dollar. And here's this. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't have cash on me anymore. Yeah. I used to, but I, you know, now with Square and things like that, it's like a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, but that's what I'll say too is, you know, moving up there, you always had a really good work ethic Thank while you. you were here. And that's always something that I've commended you on, even though, you know, you're always just like, oh, you know, I'm like enjoying it. I'm having a good time. I can tell that you do like, you know, you do love what you do and you work very hard at it. Oops. Do you feel like that's even changed more having you move to a different city, you know, being around different people, again, having a lot of different people who are trying to be comedians working up there? Or has it just been the same Nathan that we all know? Like, <laughs> Well, you know, they say rising tides, tide raises all ships. Deep. There you go. I don't know how that applies here. I'm going to take some water, then you'll see. <laughs> no, I will say it's, it's hard to, I try to have like a routine that I stick to so that I make myself get in certain, I try to write something every day. Okay. Whether I sit down at my computer for an hour and structure a set, which is the funnest thing to do before, like puzzling together your best 25 minutes over a feature weekend is really fun. I forgot mm -hmm. about that. That was so fun this weekend. Um, or I'll be on the subway and I have a notepad and I'll try to fill a page a day with thoughts. And then you go to your open mic and you just read topic, riff about a topic, riff about it. And that's how I kind of write now. But coming back here, was it's cool to sit down and structure out big sets. Um, I think trying to write every day, trying to get on stage every day at least once or twice, twice is probably, and then going to the gym. Oh, okay. I need to go to the gym. So and this, is, this is gonna get me. <laughs> this is gonna get me excited for it. So. I like to meditate though. How do you, what's your process? With yeah. That? I wake up and I, first thing I do is I meditate and on days I forget to, I'll be working I, my day job is calling people from home to sell solar panels. Oh, yeah. okay. Jimmy wanted me to start doing that. So maybe it's, you can give me some ideas. It's awesome. Cause all you, if they sit with our guy, I get mm. paid. If they sign a contract, I get paid way more and I'm good enough at it where I'm, I'm part time, but I'm like in the top tier with like the all the, all the best guys mm -hmm. so but they're full-time so i feel like mm -hmm. i'm out like per hour i'm killing it um so that's good but if i don't meditate before that i like get so angry and oh. so bored and mm -hmm. yeah irritable but yeah that's my i'll wake up i'll meditate i'll work i'll go to the gym during work like a lunch break i'll get off um i'll like eat something and then i'll go hit like two or three mics um, I'll try to write while I'm on the subway or come home and write a little and then maybe watch Netflix and then read, a, try to read every night. And when you say like two to three mics, you mean that per day? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's what it is though. That's, yeah. I moved there. You know, I got to do it. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, especially when you're trying to compete and make it, this is like something that you'd like to do just full time and mm -hmm. like travel and things like that. I, that's why I said, I do appreciate the amount of work and the amount of, um, effort that you put into because especially when you enjoy something you love like that you want to keep pursuing it yeah um now what i'll say is you know you've been back here um 
how do you kind of feel moving forward? Do you think you'll stay in New York for a while, stay there for a few more years, and then maybe move somewhere else? What do you kind of think your game plan would be? Yeah, with COVID and the clubs being weird in terms of reopening and like auditions and stuff, because I had a couple auditions lined up for clubs, which is like this first step towards being a New York comedian. And then they all closed. Um, So my goal is to stay in New York until I get to a point where I can do this at a, at a level where I'm able to like tour mm-hmm. and headline. Cause I think, I mean, that's what I see myself doing. It's just the timelines so fucking confusing. <laughs> I really want to get into the comedy cellar. I've, I truly feel like I've seen some comedians who I've rubbed shoulders with who are past there and like, yeah, there's, it's, um, I think it's possible, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. Sure. And, um, so that's my, I'm, I'm, I, I don't see myself moving from New York because when I came back here, it's nice to see friends and family. It's fun to go out and drive um, and just be able to get around quickly. But I get bored. Yeah. I get fucking bored. And like, there's nowhere to get on stage because like I, I'm worried about getting rusty. Yeah. Because I don't, I can't just go like talk something out every day somewhere. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can find some things. Yeah, yeah, because like you were saying on mm-hmm. on that list. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that too after the show. And thanks cool. for coming and talking to me. So it's all uh, all good from here. I but I understand that just because I'm somebody who likes to be. I don't want to be like I'm such a go getter, but I I do like keeping busy. And I think sometimes the perception of that is being like. Sometimes and I, I'm not trying to diss the Midwest when I say this, but I feel like a lot of people will say to me like oh, you're running yourself ragged. Oh my God, you're doing, you know what? You, exactly, like I roll. So annoying. When in reality, I'm, I'm having the time of my life. I love being busy in yeah. the sense of like, I'm busy doing things that I want to do. And my day job gives me the ability to be able to do those things at night and run yeah. these things and run social media and do this podcast. So that, that's, I think, why you and I also get along really well is that you and I both kind of have that work ethic in a sense. I feel like you're executing it a lot better because you're like meditating, going to the gym each day, which is, I, I really should be doing that more. But yeah. I, I do really respect you for that. Uh, but speaking of... Well, you should. Uh, no, I'm just joking. I'm joking. We should follow, follow Nathan or No. I uh, no, I do respect you though, and I know it's a mutual feeling. But likewise, likewise, um, we were talking about podcasting though. So I was like, thanks coming, you know, thanks for joining me on this. But you've got a podcast with our mutual friend Lucas Hinderleiter. Yeah, Why don't you tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's called Monkey Don't, like Monkey See, Monkey Do. Mm-hmm. But so the and he came up with that. It's clever. Um, we give bad advice to real people's problems. It's fun, but. There's been some trouble in, I guess, being um, organized with it. Uh, so we haven't done one in a while, but we have some really good episodes out. It's really mm-hmm. funny. Monkey Don't, you can uh, iTunes store or whatever for yeah, free. Yeah, I listen Just to it at work. It. So. Okay, you <laughs> like it? Yeah. Okay, cool. I enjoy it because, well, I... It's, it's really fun. It's fun. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it's like... You know, there's so many self-help podcasts that I listen to, right? Just because I'm Molly, I'm trying to like figure out figure yeah. my life, I listen to people. But what I like about you and Lucas, I mean, we're all friends, but I also like the levity of it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I can relax when I listen to it and you mm-hmm. guys are making fun of people, but it's like, it's funny. Like yeah. you're not, it's self-deprecating or deprecating to the guests, but it's never like harsh or mean. Like there's some good points that you and Lucas bring up. I'm like, yeah. That is kind of true. It's like, I think you guys say the things that 
most people are thinking, but we just haven't said out loud. Sometimes. So <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's like absurdly bad advice, which is what it's supposed to be. Right. I can't, when I get certain ones, like people want to lose weight, that's like my niche where I'm like, oh, I'm really interested. I can help. I can give this person great advice. <laughs> like, and just start going into like reducing carbs, uh, having a short eating window, exercise, you know. Mm. But then I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to say something dumb. <laughs> I got to say right. bad advice. And I'll find myself ha having a hard time giving bad advice. So I don't know. I, I love the podcast. We just need to keep doing it and keep getting better at it. And our schedules have gotten weird. Yeah. Yeah. He just got a new job making over a hundred grand somehow, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. Apparently, yeah, sales job. Must so. be nice. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Must be nice. So, but that's kind of cool that you're working on it. And it, is it through helium as well? Or is it just something yeah, that you, yeah. Helium's so good to me. feel like helium's brought up five times. <laughs> well, they keep giving me opportunities. Yes. And um, I kept, uh, I brought up other clubs from a past tense perspective, but uh has there been a certain club in New York that you're looking forward to getting back to or one that you've enjoyed working in? Caroline's was cool. Oh, that's right. You yeah. did perform there. How was that? The stand is tight. Ooh, I've heard about that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, those two are the two that I was like proud to get to do and yeah. look forward to doing more. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they bring big people through. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, those are the main two. I mean, I'd love to say the comedy seller but that's going to be a while. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get you but there. But it's going to be, <laughs> or I'll jump in front of the train. So whatever, <laughs> whatever comes first. Whatever comes first. I feel like that's just going to be a theme now for the, this next time. Whatever comes first, we'll see what happens. I really went through that water. Yeah. Uh, trust me, I'm almost done myself. You've also been answering all my questions and talking a lot too. So I'm making you talk a lot. I, I wanted to ask okay. you as well, um, was there a particular show that you really enjoyed working on or was there maybe a moment where you maybe learned something in comedy that's helped you kind of pursue where you are right now? Hmm. Well, recently, so Adam Ferrara, and he actually, he was like, what, he's like, we were just talking and I was like, I just, I want to be able to, um, you know, I do want to be able to stop doing a day job. That'd be nice. And I said that nonchalantly to Jimmy and Adam's like, change your goal. And I'm like, and it, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's not like my ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. There's just in conversation, but he, but what he said after was a really good thing. And he said, your goal should be the best comedian you can be. All that other stuff's going to come. And that's true. And that's cool. And I think that's important. Um, he also, I, I said in my sets, I don't know if, I did this joke when you came, but I say, uh, I think, I think obese is the new retarded. Oh, I did hear that one. Yeah. yeah. And the, and people are like, Whoa. and then I explain that the words are both medical, but offensive. Right. And then I do the act out and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But he's like, you don't need that first part. Cause it's not, it's not necessary for the point you're making. And I guess that's, that, that, that's con conflicting. But I guess the point there that I'm, I learned is like, go for the funny go for your what you're trying to convey but like maybe the shocking like just quick ooh you said that isn't like that's the last thing that should be peppered in if it if there's a place for it mm -hmm. cuz that's how the joke starts and then i make a point but i've just upset everyone with a weight problem before making my point right and they're not going to want to laugh big at the 
you know, when I when reveal you actually, it. Yeah, when you reveal the punchline. They're like, oh, sure. we get it, but fuck you still. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He seemed like, I mean, I got to only talk to him just a little bit after the show, but he seemed like somebody who was a great comic and also really down to earth. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, really nice guy. Yeah. So it was very cool. I've never seen him perform, but it was, and I also related to him because I'm also Italian. So I was like, oh, I, I get when you're, when he was making a couple of references, I was like, oh, that relates to me definitely in my family. Yeah. Um, there was another, there was, oh, Alonzo Bowden. Bowden, man. Yes, that was a great show. That was, I mean, you were great on that. And then he did a lot of crowd work. How was it like working with him? He was great. Yeah. Like the crowd work, that one show where he just did crowd work the that whole time. That was the time, show that we, I was at at least, yeah. <laughs> that was like, that blew me away. Yes. And I, I've learned something from these, after being in New York City, it's, it's made me notice this, but when there's a small, like now sparsely sat smaller crowd because of COVID, I notice headliners will go to crowd work so quickly because it gets them, oh, we're in this. And then you sneak your jokes in. Mm-hmm. But you always have that crowd work like baseline to fall into because that makes them, that brings them into it. Yeah. And when it's a small crowd, it's, it feels like that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of like, I feel like actually crowd work, like I, I bring up Alonzo because that was probably one of the best crowd work, like I just said, or like I've seen. Yeah. And I love that he picked people out. Like he did like a, you're dating, you're this. And then he was like, oh, there's Molly. She's like selling a part. He make, made a whole joke about it. And then uh, he would pick on somebody be like, oh, you know, right, Molly, don't you agree with this? Like, I don't know, it was almost a, I, I feel like that's something that I like, at least as a goal would like to work up to was having that confidence because crowd yeah. work is very hard. And I don't think that's sometimes people watching something on a show realize that. Yeah. How do you feel? Like, do you feel comfortable with that yet or? Not that comfortable. Right. But <laughs> I, right. I'm a lot more comfortable now than I was mm-hmm. before I moved up there. Um, but also it's weird because there hasn't been real audiences a lot. So it's a lot of other comics. So sure. you can't really do, it's like weird. It's like either it's like it's going to bomb because they're like, well, what are you doing? Or right. they're your friend and it's like cheating. So um, doing crowd work is is a big obstacle that I still need to figure out because sure. I'll talk to the crowd and make comments and respond, but it's like a quick thing. But I think true crowd work is just a conversation and you're not worried about being funny and then it's real and then now you can make it funny. Mm-hmm. I think at our level, we're like, oh, I got to be funny immediately. Well, that was sweet that you put me on your level. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. See, not too much of a douche after all, you guys. So it's I am. Okay. <laughs> Look at my jacket. Like- <laughs> It's for our album cover. Come on. There you go. I know. But not, again, I interrupted you. You look like you play, what would you play? Ooh, what would I play? I feel like I wish my dream would to be like, do like the electric guitar, but I'm also down for the drums too. I feel like a good leather jacket would match the drums. Guitar. It would be like the white stripes. Oh, The black stripes. Oh, Guys, what? That's great. Oh, we'll see. Check out our album. It's coming out. Midcoast Media is producing it. (laughs) Chris doesn't know, but that's what's happening. That'd be awesome. (laughs) That'd be awesome. I'm ready. But uh, you were saying. Are those sound blockers? Yes. That's cool. Oh, see, Monk and Chris know. I like how there's a design out of them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. As we study, sorry that no one can see them, but there's some really nice sound blockers. So, but uh, and we've got this nice curtain here in the back. It's actually a very 
large skirt. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm dead. Why? Because <laughs> it's just funny. Like that there's a giant person behind us. I know. Somebody's going to pop out. That's what we pay the studio for. We're like, pop on out. Um, but speaking of popping out. <laughs> Are you, what? You guys going to have a kid? So, oh, God, no. Ever? Not, maybe someday, but it won't be today. I don't want kids. <laughs> so that's all right. Everybody's got their path. But maybe I will. Who knows? You never know. Because <laughs> what, what happens when you're like 60 and you never had a kid? You're just 60 and you never had a kid. I guess you just got to stay really coordinated so you can just take care of yourself. Well, I would hope so. That's my goal, to take care of myself. Yeah, just so. be super healthy and live till 90 and, like, blow your brains out right <laughs> before you would have had to get put into a nursing home by your oh, kids. Gosh. But you didn't have those kids. Yeah, there you So go. you can just be like, oh, my own destiny. My own destiny is here. You sound like my mom. My mom would always be like, I'd be like, Mom, you know, like somebody got the COVID vaccine and they were 104. And she's like, listen, if I'm 104, just shoot me. Don't even worry about it. I'm like, Mom. <laughs> How old is your mom? My mom is 73, but she doesn't look it. So yeah. She had me at, so when she was 43 or 42, 42, 43, she had me. I was the one child between my two parents. So oh. they were both previously married before they married each other. So I guess you could say that my parents loved me the most, obviously. Oh, but. yeah. <laughs> Mathematically. Uh, speaking of parents, though, how do your parents feel about you doing comedy? They're super supportive. Okay. Saturday first show they came and, I, and my brother came and sister-in-law and their neighbors. Mm -hmm. And it like totally like it was a good enough show for family to see yeah where i was like oh okay he's not crazy to be in new york like he's yeah well we accept it so that was cool <laughs> and good. it was funny is like i don't know like if people know but my brother's famous he's in wwe i actually didn't know this until yeah. i was explained it i just thought you know yeah yeah so. And, but and again, it, I was standing. I still do, by the way. What? I still think you're Nathan. So. Oh well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I was, me and my family were all standing there, and I had like the set went really well, and standing there, and this guy comes up to get a picture with my brother, oh. and it's it's totally understandable, and it makes sense, but it's just funny. Like it doesn't bother me at all. It's just I think it's hilarious because like I just was okay. I was just on stage, but go it, take a picture with my brother. Yeah, <laughs> I just found that so funny. Like, and people might think, "Oh, does that upset you?" No, he's fame. I get mm -hmm. it, but it's it's also hilarious. Yeah, like at my expense, but I think it's hilarious. Does he like ever want to do comedy at some point, or do you think he's going to stick just to wrestling? <laughs> I I don't know. He I, he's probably got to figure something out that'll keep him busy that's related to the entertainment industry. Okay. I could see us doing something down the road. We get cool. along very well, Aww. and he doesn't want to wrestle forever because that's just so hard on your body. Oh, I bet. Um, he, he yeah, I I want to see him stop that, but then I want to see him keep fucking like right. just. I'm proud of him because he's Aww. made he's done a really good job and he has a great thing going for him and his family. Mm -hmm. And um, it's I always wonder what happens when that when you just stop doing something where you're going from making ridiculous amounts of money to none. So that's why I, I want I want to see there be something that he can do that does isn't hard on his body that he yeah. enjoys. 
Yeah. I yeah. I I only relate to it because I was in dance for a long time and like I was never going to be a professional dancer, but I have friends who have done that. Yeah. And you know, they dedicate their whole lives to the ballet or they travel and whatnot. And there is a point in time where you have to kind of they always say a dancer's time frame is a very short period of a career and then you reach a certain age and it's like, well, do I teach? Do I what else do I do after this? Yeah. And then for wrestling, I was a big fan of obviously of the Bella Twins. So I followed their whole career. Mm -hmm. I read their book. So that is that is interesting, which I, you know, about time wise for a career, which kind of swings back to you. What do you think like comedy wise? Do you feel like there's a timeline where you're gonna continue it and then maybe would you, this was the, kind of one of the questions I wanted to ask you and I wasn't sure how to phrase it. So I'm glad we got to this point. Do you feel like stand-up's gonna be your one avenue or do you think you would maybe do more acting or more writing? But I don't know, I feel like I listen to some podcasts and some people are like, I'm just good being a comedian and performing. I don't need to do movies, movies are boring. And then I listen to other podcasts where there's famous people that are like, yeah, I love doing movies, it's part of it. Um, you know, I'm, or you could be a writer for mm -hmm. a show. Yeah. Where do you kind of stand on that? Yeah. So as of right now, I'm totally focused on stand up, and I want to do that for the rest of my life. Okay. But um, I once things open back up, so I was signed up for an acting class at like a New York place where I'm assuming it's good, and um, then fucking COVID. So I want to take an acting class because I took one here and it helped my presence on stage. So I want to take an acting class and with comedy and acting and working at those things, maybe in 10 years, I'll, I'll be able to be in a movie because I'll be decent enough at acting to do it, right? That's not what I do, but maybe if I learn, I would act, yeah, mm -hmm. in a heartbeat. Yeah. I would be in movies and shows, but um, I'd always do stand-up too. And yes. I would never want to be the guy who starts doing stand-up after being in movies and sucks Oh, and yeah. just like that goes and, and the like goes to a club and all the, like the two, second third year comic comics think I'm a hack. Like I, I want to yeah. always be getting better at stand up. Yeah, that's yeah. another thing I really respect about you as well. And I, it's just because of the personal conversations we've had. But you were always somebody you've never been somebody to kind of like wiggle your way into um, a show or anything just in life. I feel like by just being like charming people or like talking about the football game or something like that you really you were somebody where maybe you would like to talk about those things or mm -hmm. even like using your your family history anything yeah. but using you've always been like here's my material this is what I want to be judged on and like this is what I want to present yeah. to the table um I feel like that's something that's still carried with you um so I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but I do. I, I just feel like that's something that I do really respect about you. Thanks. Um, oh, that's what I wanted to say. So speaking of respecting Nathan for being somebody who is pursuing their career, what advice would you give to like a, an up and coming comic or just somebody that's trying to figure out maybe if comedy is something they want to pursue? That's something I ask at the end of each episode. <laughs> okay. Um, so someone has a dream and it, I'm assuming they have a job they have enough freedom to pursue something on the side. Mm -hmm. Set aside, um, am I looking at the camera now? You can, we can. All right, here we go. Advice. I would, uh, <laughs> I would adjust your sleeping schedule to make it possible. Here, you so might wanna get in front of the microphone just to make sure that- Oh, I'm an idiot. 
I'm a stupid <laughs> fucking idiot. Don't take my advice because I don't know how to speak into a microphone. I forgot what technology that's been around <laughs> probably for, a, again, I don't know because I'm an idiot. How would I know how long this has been when I don't even know how to use it? The fuck's my problem? My advice, don't listen to me. But I would, I would try to get a good sleep schedule. Cut something bad from your life that you know you overdo. Like mm-hmm. if you drink too much, stop. If you eat too much, stop. Take, a, take away a bad habit, add a good habit. So take away binge drinking or cigarettes and add meditation or going to the gym. So there you go. You swap a bad for a good, get your sleep right. Now you're going to feel better. So when you're not in work, either at night or in morning, you get up an hour earlier or you just sacrifice some TV time, spend an hour every day focused on what you love and just do that. And don't worry about skipping any steps. Just keep doing that and enjoy that process and you'll improve. And maybe in 10 years, you'll have written that book you wanted to write and you can quit your job. There you go. Yep. I like that you brought up, because we talked about this with uh, Tommy Dangerfield as well. He was talking about, because Tommy and I have been doing comedy around the same time, and he was one of the first people I met when I moved here to St. Louis. But he was talking about that. He's like, just enjoy the process of it. Yeah. He's like, even just the three and a half years or so I've been doing comedy, he's like, that went by so fast, you know? And I'm sure for you, eight years is also flown. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> It's it's gone by really fast. Yeah. I just hope these next two years are real slow, and uh, I learn a lot and grow a lot. Absolutely. Can you recommend maybe like a special or a comedian that you feel like helps you grow? Oh yeah, Elephant in the Room, Patrice O'Neill. Um, just learning. He come, he walks out, does crowd work, and just all of a sudden he does a brilliant joke, and they it was. Magic. He tricks the audience into admitting a point he was trying to make. The best. Gone too soon. Um, I really, really like um, Live at the Comedy Store by Louis C.K. because it's very jokey and he just does so many different types of jokes. And it's almost, it's like the the most polished, longest open mic I've ever seen because it's like he's just having fun, trying things, and it doesn't all seem to go together. But it's it's brilliant. I think it's my one of my favorite specials too. Um, those two, and then all the new ones from Dave Chappelle, and not to just name the big guys. Sure. Rory Scovel's hilarious. Oh, I do like Rory Scovel. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to just see some good dark jokes, Jesselnick, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I saw him in L.A. at the Comedy Store. He was fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Totally. I agree. Well, anyway, uh, thank you so much, Nathan. Thank really you, Molly. Appreciate your time. This was I great. I appreciate your Cheers time. Cheers to. Oh, you know what? We'll do this. There's no tears to our empty water glasses that we just had. Yeah. <laughs> Remember to casually subscribe to the Casually Molly podcast. We are based here in St. Louis, but we interview local people nationally. We're just moving on up and you can follow all the fun things. Uh, we're going to have some fun partnerships that we're going to list uh, list out uh, during our next month here. And uh, I always ask, what are you going to casually do now, now that our episode is over? <laughs> I'm going to go get some chicken wings. He is. He did tell me about this. <laughs> I uh, With a friend, not by myself. No. <laughs> but I would. But this time there's a friend. There's a friend. Just a friend. Just a friend. Your best friend, right? My best friend. Your best friend and some chicken wings. Well, that sounds good what, to me. What more could you want? <laughs>
What more could you want during this time? I think I'm going to go home and actually eat a burger. So this will be fun. He's got some chicken wings. I got a burger. We got this covered. Bye, everybody. Thank you.